Welcome to the 4A Club podcast. Uh, I'm Bradley Greenberg. I'm Today I'm with Tom Wolin and Aiden Franklin. How are we doing today, boys? Good, good. I mean, on, guys? that was a fantastic regular season. That yep. was pretty, that, that yeah. was awesome. One uh, word to describe it as historic. That is one word you could use. We had 700 home runs. We had 3,000 hits. We had Aaron Judge break the American League home run record. But when push comes to shove, 18 teams are done. There's 12 teams left, and there's nothing else to do but predict, talk, and see what's going to happen. So what team are you guys most surprised actually made the postseason? Uh, Aiden, you mind if I go first? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Guardians. I think that was a shock for everyone. I'm pretty sure they were everyone's three seed in the uh, AL Central. Uh, I think everyone was expecting the White Sox to win, but um, – even the twins were leading at one point, but um, the fact that the guardians are even in the playoffs uh, is a little surprising to me, but I'm rooting for them as underdogs. Aiden. Um, man, I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland shocker, definitely, but I'd probably say Seattle. You're surprised um, Seattle made it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I had them borderline, but I think Cleveland's roster is, built i mean until the trade deadline i i think you know that their roster you know was cleveland's roster was a lot better in my opinion until the trade deadline until the trade deadline yeah then you know then seattle yeah they got castillo castillo and so i mean it had been pretty clear besides the al central for couple of weeks about who the the three wild card teams are going to be it was just a matter of who the al central was and then cleveland got really hot in september and that's something that's actually like really really promising going into the playoffs is the guardians were hot and their pitching was good um personally me i'm surprised the padres didn't falter um but also the phillies actually managed to hold on because the brewers were right there and at the end of the season, it really just depended on who could lose less games because it wasn't who could win more, it's who could lose less. And the Phillies were managed, managed to lose less than the Phillies. Yeah. Or, sorry, than the Brewers. Um, and so that kind of puts us right in the wild card. Um, what I kind of wanted to talk through is like, you know, how are we going to get through this wild card? Who's going to win it? Because I think at the end of the day, we all want to know who's going to win the World Series. Uh-huh. And I, I think at the beginning of the year, uh, we all kind of – I had the Dodgers winning the beginning of the year. Obviously, they set a historic record. This is one of the – this is the best National League season since 1909. Um, Who did you guys have at the beginning of this year? I believe I had the Houston Astros winning. Um, I will have to double-check that, but I believe it was the Astros or the Dodgers, and I still stand by that for my current position um, predictions. Hold on, let's see. Aiden? Yeah, no, um, at the beginning of the year, I had the Yankees versus the Padres. Ooh. Which is still a possibility, but. Long and winding route again. Not my choice right now. No. Well, if we go into the first wild card, the first thing that kicks off is the Guardians and Rays. They'll also start at noon tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday night. Um, And we get Shane McClanahan versus Shane Beaver, the Battle of the Shanes. What a Shane for the team that loses. Um, <laughs> And then, thank you. Uh, the Rays, honestly, in my opinion, everyone knows that the Rays are going to be good. 
They don't know why or how, but they will be. And the rays are really built to take out that AL East. Like if you if you had the Rays versus the Blue Jays, I'd be a lot more concerned. Mm-hmm. But the Guardians are kind of the one thing the Rays aren't built to face. Like a team that puts the ball in play is not going to slug a ton. Just a team that doesn't yeah. strike out. I mean, I, I I'd agree. And are we doing predictions yet? Who we think are going to win? Or just we're just going to talk through the series a little bit. Like yeah, um, I, I think the big thing Cleveland has on on their side is. They have home the whole way is home to Cleveland. And I think that is huge because even if, hey, if, I mean, especially if Cleveland wins this first game, that's huge. I think the first game is going to be the biggest in the series, especially with the home team. Um, if, I think if, if they win, it's going to be tough for Tampa to win two straight. In, is it, it's back-to-back-to-back days, right? Yes, yeah, so Friday, Saturday, yeah, Sunday. So if Cleveland wins this first game, I don't see Tampa you know, winning two two straight games in Cleveland. Yeah, I don't I don't like the bet against the um the Rays because they always end up proving me wrong. But I think I'm gonna have to go with the Guardians in three. Um, if they can keep that momentum going from the month of September, I believe that they are the better team. Um, and maybe not maybe not like overall, but if they it's all about momentum in the postseason. It's not about total talent level. And I think this is a team on the rise. The thing with the Rays is like, you look at the Guardians and Andres Jimenez jumps off the page, Jose Ramirez jumps off the page, and then you also have their bullpen and their starting. When you look at the Rays, you're like, Marta Franco, yeah, had a, he was hurt a lot this year, so he wasn't able to get going. Randy Rosarena, obviously that 2020 postseason, that was just incredible. And then you have a lot of people that most people at home don't know. But that's always the Rays. And I think that at some point the rays are going to falter and it's not the formula is not going to work and clearly that wasn't this year it might not have been the dominance that they had last year in a very subtle way but i don't know i can't i don't like to have to decide on this series but man the rays are a good team what they've managed to do without with with all the injury that they've been dealing with and and Turning unnamed players like Jason Adam, even Ross Musen, uh, if that's how you pronounce it, um, turning those guys into pretty much elite level pitchers. You know, you don't need these big name players anymore if you have these these unnamed guys that can still perform at an elite level. Yeah, I mean, even Jeffrey Springs. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I just for the most part, and you know, going back on to what Tom said, but um, Brad said, you know, I think the way these two teams are built that no matter what happens, I don't see one team dominating the series, you know, or I don't see one team winning one game big. I think both games will be solved within saving distance for a closer or, or walk off. I just, I don't see it going more than, you know, three, four, you know, four, maybe even a reach, but I don't see it, you know, going more than three runs in either game. Yeah, I agree. I think, like the pitching matchups, like they're they aren't like these star-studded names, but Shane McClanahan has been one of the best pitchers in the American League this year. Shane Bieber's return and been exactly what he was in 2020. His velocity is down, which is going to be really interesting against the Rays. 
Uh, that's night one. We have Glass now versus McKenzie for two. And if a game three happens, we have Drew Rasmussen versus Cal Quantrill. Um, like those are three good pitching matchups. Yeah. And I really think the damage that the offense has to do in the series is against the starting pitching. Because you get through McClanahan, Glass now, or Rasmussen, you've got to go to possibly Kluber out of the pen, Springs out of the pen, Pete Fairbanks, Garrett Clevenger, who hasn't been fantastic. But Brooks Raley has had his career year as long as Jason yeah. Adam. And that's not even mentioning Tom's favorite closer in baseball, Emmanuel Class A. Oh, yeah. Uh, Karen Check is back. Sam Hankies has had a phenomenal season. It's just, it's a battle of two teams that are just really well rounded. And wild card is built, it's all hands on deck. Anything to get you to that division series. Yeah. And so when you look at it, I mean, all these, all these teams and you know in it are going to be using you know start, starters out of the pen if they can and if it gets to that game three okay whoever has the most stress you could you could see anybody you could see a guy who reliefed in you know game one relief in game three it's to, you know whoever is the most healthy and who's ever the most busted and honestly one of the things of it is you brought this up you have you're playing to get to the division series. It's not like, oh, you know, we just threw Pete Fairbanks on night one and two. We can't use him on night three. You have to use him on night three if the situation comes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm gonna go game one. We got McClanahan versus Bieber. I don't see Shane McClanahan getting beat against the Guardians. Talk to me in a later series where he's, you know, playing someone like the Yankees and he's going to get shelled, but I got night one going to the race. I, I would, I would disagree to a sense. I think that Cleveland will win game one because it's in Cleveland. In my opinion, that place is going to be electric. You know, they've, you know, this, this is a year that they're looking hot. They're, they might be, you know, one of those sneaky dark horses. I don't think that I don't think, you know, that they will hit off of McLean hand. But I think if it goes, you know, deep, they could see a one nothing, you know, a, a two to one win, you know, come, you know, from a late hit in the eighth, the late hit in the seventh, you know, that they need to, you know, push them over the edge to win game one. I mean, something that something that you that a lot of people don't realize because the Guardians are pretty irrelevant in some in most cases. Is that this team can really hit? I mean, this this team finished sixth in the in the whole league in hits as a team. Uh, they they can definitely hit, and I think a lot of those names on the the new names that are coming up on this team are going to make a big impact. And I'm not sure if McClanahan is ready for that big of a game, that much weight on him. Yeah. And one thing that's like really important to emphasize about the postseason is like, yes, like the Guardians have Jose Ramirez. You know, they have they're just a good team they have oscar gonzalez who's come up and been fantastic steven kwan just puts the ball in play but when it comes to the postseason you just need one person to get hot mm-hmm. it could be the most random person that's why we're emphasizing pitching so much right now because offense can come from anybody at any given time and that gets to night two where we got sticks otherwise known as tristan mckenzie versus tyler glass now and i don't see a way the guardians lose that because Glasnow is only going to be able to go four innings tops. And you'd assume they'll piggyback him with either Jeffrey Springs or Corey Kluber. But whoever they used 
you know, whoever they don't use. Yeah. And if that, if this person piggybacking with glass now fails, um, then you're going to tax the bullpen a lot more than you would on a normal night. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I feel like game two is more tough than game one for me to, you know, decide. I think it all depends on McKenzie. You know, if he, he, I know he, you know, he's still younger. And if, if, you know, the, the playoff, you know, playoffs can hit people different ways. I think if he can, if he can handle the pressure, mm-hmm. I do. I think, I think Cleveland can win this. If he can't, it, it could, it could get ugly. Um, I don't think it will. And but I, I think my my prediction would be Tampa three to one. Okay, Tom. I I say this is where Cleveland um, wins the whole series. I think they do it in two. Um, okay. It wouldn't shock me if Tampa Bay were able to pull this one out. I'm not necessarily sure how good McKenzie's stats are in the postseason, but this has been his career season. I mean, he's obviously got a got a point to prove um, now late in the season, but. Um, if he can perform as well as he does against really elite teams, which he has been doing this year, um, he can he can be the decider for the whole series. Yeah, and honestly, you're, you're talking about that that crazy walk off home run, run, keeping it a close game. There's been three people, I believe, in the past year that have taken Class A deep. Like he throws 102 cutters. You don't take that pitch deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I think right now we have Aiden. You had, you have the Guardians winning a two. Is that right? No, I have it one one right now. I have uh, Guardians game one, uh, Tampa game two. I have it going. I have it going three. Okay, so we have one of us saying Guardians in two, and Aiden and I both have it one one after two, which brings us to Drew Rasmussen versus Cal Quantrill. This is the depth game. Whichever team has more depth will win this game. Yeah. And Tom, Tom, what do you think? What do you think about the offenses comparing against one another in a push comes to sub situation? I honestly believe this, and this might contradict what I said earlier, but if a game, if it gets to game three and Mark Ross Mewson is on the mound for game three, I, I think the Rays could win that, um, just because Ross Mewson has the pitching matchup advantage over uh, Cleveland. So, in that in that sense, they could win, um, but. Uh, the, the home field advantage, and if they keep the bats hot, it will be hard to even get to game three. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing you know we didn't mention about games one and two is there is a high po- possibility, or at least in Friday night, you know, game one of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, which is another reason I think Cleveland will, you know, ultimately, you know. Barely take take that win, as you know, um, and the weather. I mean, I think it's supposed to, Friday is a high of fifty six, and Saturday is a high of fifty five. Um, so who knows how Tampa would do with the chillier end? So, um, I'm gonna have to go with Cleveland in Game Three. I think the depth of the Guardians beats the depth of the Rays, and it's not a testament against the Rays. They've been plagued by injuries the entire year. Like this is one of the first times in the whole season that their most of their lineup has been here, but it's a little bit too late 
to be learning how to work together, like learning how to yeah. function as that whole lineup. Like, and obviously like Kevin Cash keeps rolling out different lineups every day. We saw the first full Latino lineup in baseball history. It happened to be on Roberto Clemente day. And well, the lineup could be so different. The team still has to mold. And I really think the guardians under Tito are just a well, better wound together team, more capable of winning that game. Yep. Uh, no, I'd agree. I think, um, I think if out of all of the games, that's the you know one that you really have to, especially if it gets to three, all hands on deck. And I think if all hands have to go on deck, you know, relieving, you know, starting everything, pinch hitting, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see. I mean, a slight possibility, but I, I don't see a way Cleveland at home can lose that game. All right, so that kind of sums up that series. We think that Cleveland can't lose at home, and. They're just, they have more depth. And so we have Cleveland over the Rays. And then we go to the Mariners-Blue Jays, which I think is the best series here. Like, they're young. They're exciting. You know, the Mariners just broke the 21-year playoff drought. The Blue Jays, this is the sequel. Is it, though? Um, I mean, they're definitely not as familiar to the playoffs. But then again, it's been years since the Blue Jays made the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see two teams with such little experience, two very young teams, by the way, um, battle in a, in a series that they, they both aren't familiar with. It's kind of just going to come down to who actually has the ice in their veins, who can actually play it at a a level that's important, you know? Um, And it seems like the Mariners have a little bit more clutch in them. And it seems like the Blue Jays come with more name power. They come with more talent, but it, it really, only matters at how clutch you are in the postseason. So um what do you guys think? Um I mean if going you know game by game, game one, you know, um Castillo versus Manoa. I mean <laughs> you want two starters that have really I mean done their thing this year. That would you know that would be it. Um I just I mean, like I said, you know, with the last series and at Cleveland, at Toronto is, I mean, you know, you can look back at the past postseason they've had, you know, against Texas and that one, you know, that's a big one. Um, I, I I love, I, I love Toronto in at least game one. Um, something that really sticks out to me is, you talk about how the Blue Jays have this name power and something that we really got to experience and something that was incredible this year was the rise of Julio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez cemented his name as one of the stars in baseball at the all-star game and kind of showing that when like the occasion's there, he's going to rise to it. I really think he's going to have a huge impact. And I'm not saying that's necessarily game one against Manoa, but even behind him, there's so many options in that lineup that can produce that, I don't know. The Mariners are really, really good. And I don't know if you, once you get past Manoa, that Blue Jays bullpen is shaky. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a team that was number one in hits and I believe slugging too in the Blue Jays. Um, you were right about Julio, though. He does have that firepower and the clutch, but will he be 100%? I know he will be playing, but will he, his body be 100% during the playoffs? That is the question. 
I mean, at the end of the season, like when he came back, he pushes, he sealed the deal in that AL rookie of the year case. It was kind of sealed for most of the season. When he came back, he pushed that OPS up to nearly 850. Yeah. And honestly, there is definitely cause for concern of his back. Like what happens if it acts up during the series, right? And you have to put Jared Kelnick into a playoff game. You know, maybe maybe that's when he learns how to hit in the major leagues, but it's not the best time to learn how to do that. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right on that. Um, who in the who in the Blue Jays bullpen has been the most impactful other than Romano? Um, they got Zach Pop and Anthony Boss at the trade deadline, and they haven't been mm-hmm. horrible. Yimmy Garcia is like a great veteran. It's just they lack that guy. They have a bunch I, of dudes. I, yeah. They don't have the guy. I don't think yeah. – I don't. And I think that's going to be the difference. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like – I really do. I like Seattle. They're one of my favorite teams. Um, the, You know, the thing that really just scares me about them is they are a younger team, you know, and a lot of their stars are younger. Um, Can they play – and perform well in, you know, in an electric environment. Um, you know, we, like I said, you know, we've seen what Toronto can, you know, Toronto's fans can do, and we've seen what Seattle's, you know, offense can do. Um, and I mean, I am so confident in, um, um, but just, you know, in what's his name? I don't really care can't think um in julio you know i am and you know he's he's risen to occasions you know home run derby before and i i think he can do it again you know pitching main thing is for me is you know who can win that pitching battle and the thing with the blue jays is they're not going to outpitch you they're going to outslug you um and basically tom yeah that's good um Basically, with the Blue Jays, if they out-hit you, you will not beat them. But you can out-pitch the Blue Jays easily, and especially with that Mariners bullpen. That Mariners bullpen is good. Matt Brash, you know, he had a really rough introduction this season, but he's come back and been an effective piece in that bullpen. You've got Penn Murphy, you've got Matthew Festo, and you've got Paul Sewald, kind of all offering the same thing, but it's been effective. You know, Andres Munoz is going to go out there and throw 102. You know, you get past Castillo... And there's depth. You get past Ray, and there's depth. You get past Gilbert, and there's depth. And that's not to mention George Kirby. Yeah. Who's been one of the best pitchers the second half this year. I believe by fan graphs, he probably is the most valuable pitcher via war. But we go to game three, and you got Gilbert versus Stripling slash Barrios. You go to Gilbert slash Barrios, or excuse me, Stripling slash Barrios. You don't know what Barrios is going to be. He's been yeah. horrible this year. And what happens if, you know, Gossman or Manoa gets knocked out early? You got to go to Mitch White. Yeah. So that's where the real cause for concern is. I The Blue Jays are going to hit, especially Robbie Ray. And at the end of the day, I think that the Mariners have the series. I, I mean, I would, I would say, oh 
man, it, it, it pains me to say this. I would say Toronto in three. Um, it's just, you know, Seattle's, Seattle's a young team. Seattle, um, they might have the pitching, but again, they are a young team and a lot of newcomers to the playoffs. And I think anywhere else, they could win, you know, any other wildcard team in the out, they could come in and win this series. Um, but against against a power-hitting team in Toronto, in Toronto, I, I, I can't see Toronto, you know, falling. Um, but yeah, but probably my probably my favorite series of the playoffs. I think this this could this is the series that could go the most ways. I think a lot of series are pretty predictable, or in some cases, but this one, um, you got the Blue Jays who are an ex- explosive team. They could either drop fifteen on you, or they could be completely dormant for the whole game. So, but but I think with a reliable pitching staff and a reliable bullpen. I mean, you could you could shell a starting pitcher and then get replaced and shut them down the rest of the game. Um, as for the Blue Jays, if the starter gets shelled, there's not as much of a fallback uh, for them. So I, I believe that the that the Mariners have this series as well, just based solely on pitching. I know, I know Blue Jays have the bats, but um, defense like championships. So I got to go Seattle in three. All right. With that, we're gonna go take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, so we're back on the 4A Baseball Podcast. And something that is really interesting is the Cardinals versus the Phillies. It's such a weird matchup because the Cardinals, they they play fantastic defense. And the Phillies, yeah. you know, the, the Phillies. The Cardinals this year have the highest slugging percentage in the league versus lefties and the ninth in the league versus righties. The Phillies wouldn't be throwing a lefty until game three if they throw one at all because they're going to be throwing Nola, Wheeler, and then possibly Suarez. Wheeler actually going before Nola. And the Cardinals announced today that Jose Quintana is their game one starter. Yeah, that, that, oh man, that. This doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make much of a difference to me. It, it, it wouldn't worry me as a St. Louis fan that that he's on the mound to start game one. I almost feel like this series will be so lopsided that um, that it shouldn't even matter who's on the mound just because of how powerful St. Louis's bats are and how good their bullpen's been, at least compared to Philadelphia. Um, and then, so you got Quintana versus Wheeler. And then you got Michaelis in game two. Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those, you know, they really could have, if, I mean, obviously they didn't know Quintana was going, but they, they, they really could have done it that Nola pitched game one against Quintana. And, and if Nola pitched game one against Quintana, I don't see a way the Phillies, you know, lose that. Um, but Wheel, I mean, Wheeler has arguably been possibly better. Um, than Nola, but uh, I, I like I like St. Louis in this one, at least in game one, even though Quintana's on the mound. The thing with St. Louis is they're, they're going to hit. They've yep. been one of the best offenses in baseball. They are going to play defense. They're going to pitch, but are they going to hit against righties? 
because Pujols has been an MVP against lefties, but at points this season he's been rendered useless against righties. So, and then I mean, yeah, continue. Um. Oh yeah. Sorry. It was. I was gonna say that. Um. This team doesn't just thrive against lefties, though. Uh, there's a lot of bats in that lineup that you could platoon to hit righties as well. And a lot of those players, I mean, Pujols, Arenado, and Goldschmidt are all very much better at hitting lefties than righties, but they still can hit righties at an elite level. So I wouldn't worry too much about the matchup uh, pitching-wise. This is still a team that can shut you down defensively. And it's still a team that can, um, that can hit, that can hit for a lot of power, too. Um, and this team fills the bases and they empty them quickly. Um, and I don't see it being close at any point. Something that's really worrying about, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to say briefly that something that's really worrying about the Cardinals is there've been multiple stints this season where they've just gone runless. They have not scored for multiple games in a row. And it's happened multiple times. This really depends on Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. If those two are going, then they're in business. But if those two don't click, row row. Yeah, um, and I think I, I personally think this series is going to be in within the first three innings of every game. If, especially with Quintana on the mound in the first game, if they can go in and hold Philly scoreless, or maybe even with one run in the first three, four innings, you know, I truly think Philly does not have a chance. And I, I, I think they run away with it. Um, we, wait, sorry, Brad. Uh, we talked about momentum earlier with the uh, Cleveland-Tampa matchup. Um, I would say this is the complete opposite now because uh, Philly has been in one of the worst months, um, probably the worst month of the year so far. They're coming into this series just happy that they even made it. Um when there was a point where it was almost a slam dunk that they would make it. Uh, and they've been yeah. underperforming so significantly that I don't know if they can have any momentum going into the series. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as, as, especially with, you know, the, the way they, the way they made it. I mean, you know, Tom, like you were saying, you know, they, they had almost like a, like, I think it was like a eight, high 80% chance, you know, they made the playoffs and then, Milwaukee started, you know, getting hot after, you know, a couple, you know, like a month after the deadline. And um, and then that, that last series where, you know, Philly would have had to get, got, get swept and Milwaukee would have had to sweep. I, I, I don't know. They, they both had to fight. And I, I'm out, Tom, I'm with you. I, it's going to be tough for them to get their, you know, feet back on track. I just think that. Of the options for the Cardinals, this was the worst series that they could have. I think they would have had their way with the Padres. I think they would have been able to capitalize on the Mets. Because I think the veterans would know how to face that pitching. They would show the people how to face that pitching. And there's the Phillies. And the Phillies are generally like this the biggest oddball there is. You don't know what you're going to get on every any given day. You don't know if you're going to get stellar defense, if you're going to get one of the worst defenses of baseball. You don't know if you're going to get a good Sir Anthony Dominguez, if you're going to get what happened against the Astros this past week. You don't know what you're going to get, and I think we're going to get the good Phillies, and I think they're going to beat the Cardinals. You have them beating the Cardinals in two or three? 
Um, I mean, it's really, it depends who, who are the Cardinals throwing game three. Like we don't know that so far. It could be Adam Wainwright. It's they have Jack Flaherty listed as a reliever for this series. Um, they have Jordan Montgomery, but that's putting a lefty against that righty heavy lineup beside Schwarber and Harper and Bryson Stott. So my statement's null, but Harper can Harper and Schwarber can both hit lefties when they need to. And Monty's been a bit shaky the past couple starts. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say for the series, I mean, to me, it's between Cardinals and two or Cardinals and three. Um, I think if this series was, I mean, if it was in Philly, completely different conversation. But in St. Louis, I think I, I have the Cardinals in two. I think I gotta go. I think I gotta go Cardinals in three. Um, I think, I think Philly takes game one. I think Nola has been so overpowering this season. Wheeler's going uh, game one. Oh, sorry. I think that they win game. Two. I, whatever, whatever game Nola pitches in, I believe that the Phillies will win. Um, just because he has the ability to go very deep into games, and so we don't have to rely as heavily on a bullpen. Um, and I think that. Um, I don't think that Philly, unless they can work some sort of Philly magic, can really awaken their bats seemingly from nowhere um, in a three-game yeah. series against a very talented uh, pitching staff. And I, I think, you know, the last thing I'll say is I think the big key factor of this series is the bullpen. You know, Philly's bullpen has been one of the most unstable things uh, you can have a good night where, you know, you bring out, you know, you know, they're, they're closer and he's just dominant. Or you could have that night where it doesn't matter who you bring in, he can't get out. And I, I think that's where the Cardinals are to take it is if they can bet, if they can capitalize on that bullpen, it, I don't know if it could be close. I think this series, if it goes, I have, how about, how about this? Phillies in two. But if it gets to three, the Cardinals, because you get past Wheeler and Nola, you're facing the B minuses of starters. Ranger Suarez was fantastic last year, but he hasn't been at this year. Syndergaard is not him anymore. Kyle Gibson has not been good. But I have Phillies in two before Cardinals in three. So I'm going to have to go with the Phillies. I, I could see that just simply overpowering them through the first two games could be enough to get them over the head. I, I think if this was like a five or even like seven game series, it would go to the Cardinals just because of the pitching depth. But when you have such a quick series, it, it will it will be determined by those those this, the few starting pitchers, and that can be changed by one or two people. I agree. All right, now All right. on to the other match. Yeah, to the Mets, the team that, you know, spent all but four days in first place of this division yeah. in the wildcard series because when push came to shove, they couldn't beat the Braves. But with that being said, they have no or they have Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom going game one and two. And that is difficult to beat. And not to mention Chris Bassett, who would be yeah. an ace on most teams, had a great year. He's finally shown in the actual light that he's as good of a pitcher as he was on Oakland. But you got Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove, who've been red hot the month of September. Snell was one of the best pitchers in the month of September. Joe Musgrove had recently signed that five-year, $100 million extension. And you, Darvish, been there, done that. 
obviously besides the 2017 World Series where been there, got taken deep. Um, <laughs> and then it's a difficult series. But the Mets have an offense and the Padres have Manny Machado and that's about it. Yeah, I'm going to have to definitely agree with you on that. I was just about to mention the fact that after the trade line, this this team, the Padres, they their offense vanished. It's it's just has not been the same since the trade deadline. Um, and you put that against the best pitching in all of baseball, the best starting rotation in all of baseball, it's not going to be close. And even if DeGrom or Scherzer were to falter, the other one would pick each other up. Uh, if DeGrom loses, Scherzer and Bassett would win. If if uh, if, if if any of them if any of them have an off game, the other two starters in that rotation will make up for it. And the Mets bats are significantly better than the Padres bats. And I don't I don't see I don't see the Padres having any chance of coming out on top. I see it. I see a potential game three just because one of the Mets pitchers could uh, could be a little bit shaky. I in Degrom's last few starts, he's not looked like Degrom. Um, so if that continues, then it could go to game three. But uh, I don't I don't really see the Padres hitting that much off of the best one two punch in baseball, followed by Chris Bassett. I don't see much offense going on there. Yeah. Uh, this one's this one's a tough one for me because the Mets haven't looked like the Mets recently. I mean, you win, you're winning games, but. They at the beginning of the season they were dominant. They, I mean, even without you know, with, even with injuries, they, I mean, they, I won't even. I, I had them going to the World Series at one point. They, they just look good. But then you lose, you get swept, you know, by Atlanta. But that's a whole nother story. I and kind of bad what you said about the last series. This is either Mets and two. Or Padres in three for me. It it depends on what Padres offense comes out. And for me, Machado will hit, in my opinion. Cronenworth, he's he's either making that big hit or you know not. This Soto or this series, in my opinion, comes down to Soto. And if Soto can snap out of it and he can push forward and if he can hit the big time guys. I, it's going to be tough for me to choose the Mets, but if he can't, Mets just they're just going to dominate this one, and just I take it in two. If Soto can come on, you know, Padres in three. Um, something that you have to look at though is once you get past the starting pitching. Obviously, we've said this about every series. Yeah, you have Josh Hader, who's been good recently. Yeah, but. If you want more starting pitching, you got Mike Clevenger, who I don't think he knows where he is at any given time. Mm-hmm. Or do you go to the Mets and you can get Carlos Carrasco, you can get Taiwan Walker, or you know, Edwin Diaz, or Seth Lugo, <laughs> or Trevor May, or Adam Adovino, or Joely Rodriguez. It's not yeah, it's not even. And yeah. honestly, outside of Soto and Machado, there may be part people that can play the parts necessary, but there aren't the people that are going to take over a game or play as consistent as a Jeff McNeil or Eduardo Escobar or anyone in that position. Francisco Lindor has the experience. He's been to the World Series. Like the Mets 
outmatch the Padres in my book. Yeah. Yeah. I still have I still have the Mets even now, even after the choke of a lifetime. I still have them as a World Series caliber team. They are a team that is a threat for the World Series. If they get hot at the right time, if all the pieces start moving at the same time, if they can get something going here, they have the team to win it all. I, I still have that, and I just don't see the Padres being a World Series caliber team. You can't put them in the same conversation. Um, and for that reason, you can't you can't put the Padres beating the Mets. And I think that, that yeah. pretty much sums yeah. it up. Like, yeah, the Mets. I, I I'm, you yeah, it. no, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna reenact my statement. You know, after you know, listening and talk, you know, hearing some things is, and I, I still fully believe in. It's Soto. If Soto can get out of that stump, I, I think they can win in three, um, but. Winning in two, I just think one of, like Tom said, one of DeGrama Scherzer will falter. Um, and falter, not meaning, you know, give up six, seven runs, meaning give up three, four runs, you know, and maybe a big hit here. I think, and I have Mets in three. All right. So we got a clean sweep of the Mets. To the Mets, baby. Let's go Mets. Um that sums it up for the wild card. We got Cleveland taking it over Tampa Bay. We got Seattle taking it over Toronto. We got the Mets over San Diego. And we got the Cardinals over Philadelphia. So much of what's about to happen over the next three days comes down to pitching. But who's going to be that bat? Give me one person from each series that you think is the the star. Who takes over Cleveland versus Tampa Bay? I got Andres Jimenez. I think this guy's been doing it all season. He's going to stand out, um, and he's going to have his moment. He's going to have his moment to shine. Um, and I know everyone's expecting J-Ram to pop off. He's probably going to do well, but I think Jimenez has got something to prove here. Hayden, what about you? Mm. Now, pop off by, you know, maybe batting – 400 450 I, I i'd go stephen kwan um you know he he started off the year where you know he he would look like you know one of the i mean just he's one of the best contact hitters right now um and i mean if you want to look at just who's going to make the biggest impact by you know getting on getting on getting on kwan now if you want to look at the player with the biggest you know could end the series J-Ram, but I, 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 I still stick with Quan. I think Tristan McKenzie. Sticks are going to make his name known. Marcus Stroman, before the year, I forgot what he said he would get him. He said that Tristan McKenzie has to get below a 370 ERA, and he was going to get him some luxury item. Maybe let's consider it a wash or something. And Tristan McKenzie put up a sub-3. I think... We finally get to see Tristan McKenzie on a big stage, and I think he does it because it's simple with him, and you don't expect it. And I think the Rays aren't ready for it. Yeah, no, uh, I I think McKenzie's my my make or break in that series. If he can pitch dominant like he has this season, I I think you know Cleveland you know rolls through uh, Tampa. But if he's shaky, you know don't 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 count Tampa out. You know he's one of those like roll of the dice for me. And then, Tom, what do you think about Toronto versus Seattle? Who takes it over? 
I mean, it's got to be the guy we talked about for a long time. It's got to be J-Rod. Um, you could say – you could argue a lot of people in the bullpen, uh, like Munoz. I think it's going to be Munoz or J-Rod. I know there's a lot of RBI opportunity for Eugenio Suarez, who's probably going to hit an important home run in the series, but Julio is electric. He's going to – I mean, if had he not gotten hurt, he would have hit 30-30 this year. He's going, to, he's going to get on base. He's going to steal, and he might – make some plays on the field and he's he's got it all uh, i think he's gonna be the difference for him yeah and something that just the the blue jays have the star power you've got vladdy i don't think vladdy does anything this series i don't think the blue jays strike i think you mentioned him gino eugenio suarez he's gonna hit something big it's maybe it's late in the game maybe it's early in the game but I got Gino taking the series over. I like that pick. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, personally, I think my make or break would be um, Pilati. I mean, he has to do something in series for them to have a choice. But my taking it over, shocker, maybe George Springer. Right. He. I mean, he has the experience. He ha- I mean, he's been through this before. If they want a chance to make even make a run, he needs to step up as that guy, step up as the captain, and just take it over, even if it's just in his voice or just getting one big hit. He needs to step up. Yeah, I think, you know, George Springer's got the history of the postseason, big home runs with Houston, and I think they're paying him this money to do it here in Toronto, yeah. and now is his chance to do that. But when we go to St. Louis versus Philly, we talked about the lack or the lack of predictability. There's so much that could happen. And I think this is where we remember how good Bryce Harper is. We know how good Bryce Harper is. He won the MVP last year. He was fantastic. And he's come back and he's been aggressively average. I think you get reminded how good Bryce Harper is here. Yeah, no, and um, I mean, I I think I I I definitely, I definitely say Bryce Harper has to be the reason the Phillies win, and if you know if they do win, and he would, I I think he wakes up. Now I think he wakes up to a certain extent. Um, I still don't think they win the series, but I I think he does. Um, wake up, get these bats rolling. Um, a surprise batter for me. Um, would have to be Bryson Stott in his first postseason. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, come out, you know, maybe that first game be a little shaky, but coming into games two and games three, I think he can deliver a double in the gap here, a double in the gap there. Um, you know, he's one of those type of players that I would look for that. Um, and St. Louis, if I could throw one in for St. Louis, would have to be Nolan Gorman. I think he can really make a name for himself, and this is the opportunity too. All right. Well, um, I think I think Brad's right. Harper does have a lot to prove now, and he, I mean he's been doing this for a long time. Uh, I think he's going to do great. I do. Do I think it's all going to be for nothing? Yes. I think that Harper's going to have a great series, but it's ultimately not going to matter because the rest of his team is not going to be there for him. And, um, if I had to pick one player, it, you could go with Aaron. 
Arenado or Goldschmidt, two players that have been relatively consistent through the year. Arenado's been uh, Goldschmidt, but I would probably say someone that's going to be the biggest game changer is Miles Mikolas. Um, I think that in, in that game that he pitches, it's going to be crucial that he goes deep into that game and pitches very effectively because it's all about starting pitching in the series. Um, and it seems like it's a little bit um, leaning towards the Philly side in terms of pitching for the series. So if one of the same pitchers can step up, it's going to make a list. Yeah. And then when talking about starting pitching, Mets Padres, there's so much on the table right there. Jacob deGrom. If deGrom is on, the series is over. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I said this when we were recapping, you know, who would win. Uh, it's it's Soto. Um, Soto has to be there. Um, and I, I think he gets out of, you know, this San Diego slump he's been in. You know, he loves New York. You know, he goes to the Mets as, you know, in the Nationals. And he, he just he crushed the Mets. He loves, you know, batting at City Field. And I, I, think, I think he wakes up. Now, will it be enough? Uh, I can't tell you that, but I think this is when he comes out. He hits uh, two, three home runs would be my guess. He's good, and I think I think he'll break out of his slump fully. All right. Well, if I had to pick one player, uh, it's someone that's already been doing this uh, for a long time. Someone that's been in a big moment and proven himself um, on the biggest stage, and that's Francisco Lindor. Someone that can hit for both sides of the plate against even the most elite pitchers. Um, if someone's going to make a difference offensively, it's going to be him. Um, he seems like the heart and soul of that team. When Lindor's hitting well, the whole team is hitting well. Um, and when he's not hitting well, it seems like that offense just disappears. Um, so I would definitely say Lindor uh, is going to have the biggest factor on the bat side of things. Um, but, yes, I think DeGrom and Scherzer, it's going to come down to one of them having a high, a very high – a very good game and getting deep into the game more importantly, just eating innings and, um, and pitching effectively. All right. And that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to the 4A podcast. Uh, subscribe, share it with a friend and honestly have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy some wildcard baseball and we'll see you next time.